Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. My name is Ken Edwards. I'm with the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Sitting to my right today, because we've shaken things up, is Phil Davidson. Good morning. Of the Mid-America Carpenters Regional Council, Mac RC. And to my left is Ed Maher. Good morning. I'm doing great, Ken. Thank you for asking. I will be honest, I've had a lot of caffeine today, so uh, if we need any background music, I can just provide that. Shot out of a cannon, this guy. Yeah. yeah wow. All right. It's been a busy morning. Let's, let's, do take, it. let's take it easy. Um, it's still early. So, big news, Illinois. I think bad news, quite frankly, for, yeah. for the working class. Um, yes. And go ahead. There was, a, there was a decision earlier this week that came down from the Illinois Commerce Commission. Which is what? It's a group of five commissioners that are appointed by the governor, and they uh, set rates for utilities. They do a, a number of things, but they basically any time an electric utility needs to uh, you know, increase rates, they have to submit that to the Illinois Commerce Commission, who either approves uh, or rejects it. So earlier this week, the major natural gas providers in northeastern Illinois had submitted their uh, rate um, increase proposals, and they were being considered. And most of it actually goes to fund the replacement program, because all across northeastern Illinois, most of the pipes are cast iron that take natural gas into people's homes. Right. And this cast iron has been underground for, you know, 50, 70, 80 years, and it's leaking. In a lot of places, they find, you know, leaks that are coming through the ground. You can see the kind of haziness in the air from Uh the gas. So this whole modernization program has been to replace all this pipe, get rid of leaks. It'll ultimately save money and provide natural gas, which... And better for the environment and better for people's health. Right. And, and I mean, frankly, cheaper uh, than electric. There's, there's been this whole move uh, in the city of Chicago and really in different places across the country to just end natural gas. And uh, you saw it in some states where they were talking about, you know, they're trying to take our gas stoves away. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this, uh, it's, it's going on in the city, this decarbonization effort. And now it appears at a state level, too, to just get rid of natural gas and switch over to electricity. And it's just... I mean, decarbonization is a thing. It's a gradual process, but the idea that you could just hit stop on one and everybody's going to have electric. I mean, all these pipes are in the ground. Right. People's homes yeah. all over the state and have they're natural all gas. Of, I've been watching yeah. all of the city, right? There's, there's just tons of utility work going on all of the city, yeah. which, you know, everybody's like, oh, my God, look at all this construction. It's kind of a hassle. <clears throat> That's a lot of jobs. Well, there's no a lot of work, right? Three hundred million dollars worth. What the ICC did was it cut, uh, it halted the all the replacement, um, like all this new pipe that was supposed to be put in the ground. They just why stop on it? Why? Uh, They said they're going to perform a study to check the progress of the state moving into electrification and decarbonization, but. And, I mean, you can study that. I mean, that's something that should be studied. Keep an eye on that. Figure out what the strategies look like. But what they did that I think is, uh, is, is a disservice to so many workers is they, they hit stop on a program that was budgeted to do about $400 million, or just about $300 million in construction uh, in 2024. So what does that mean? That means an awful lot of jobs. Um, and these pipes are still leaking. These pipes yeah. are, are, instead of 80 years old, yeah. they're going to be 81 years old. So. Uh. The problem yeah. is not going to get better by ignoring it. And you can switch to electricity, and you're still going to have every house in Chicago and Cook County with a natural gas and line the, going into the, it. Can the governor veto that? Uh, so it's a decision that came from the Commerce Commission. I'm actually not sure what the uh, the oversight group for the Commerce Commission would be. 
Um, but I'm sure, they can uh, go to court, right? But, but they're all appointed by the governor. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. sure there are, are remedies. I um, mean, look, if you're a contractor and you bid this work and you're in the middle of this work and you've got, you know, you said, okay, this is going to be for the next four years. I need blank, uh, you mm-hmm. know, operators and laborers and electricians and carpenters and so whatever the trades are that are on that job, right? And now all of a sudden they just stopped it, right? I, I mean, you literally could go under. Well, I'll say this. I mean, after in the Great Recession, at least with construction equipment operators. Everybody was, or a major portion of the workforce was digging basements for right. residential subdivisions. That all dried up. And so part of what the union had to do, and I know every union had to do this, was pivot its training toward where the work was going to be. Now, a lot of this work was coming up. So folks who used to dig basements were taught to dig up streets and replace you know, gas mains yep. and, mm-hmm. and water mains yep. and things like that. And so this workforce has been doing this for about 10 years. And they're great at it. They've perfected it. Um, but did they say it, it was? It, did they say it was over budget or something? Uh, so they said that the budget, the original projected budget ten years ago, had been far exceeded. And uh, you know, knowing what I know from the industry and talking to people in this industry, it's a matter of, you know, we we looked under a hundred year old building and it was worse than we thought it was going to be. Which I've seen them yeah. pull out like wood, like Correct. Li- literally like wood pipes. Yeah. There's still wood water mains, uh, all over. <laughs> so that we shouldn't, we, we, sh- we shouldn't, yeah, we shouldn't replace those. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, know. there's going to be main break after main break after, you know, gas leak after gas leak. It just, it just seemed to make perfect sense. Everybody that complained about it said, you know what? You'll be happy when it's done. It's safer. It's better for the environment. Great work, et cetera. And so these five people, somebody must've prompted this. I mean, the, the fact that it's being paused in order to examine uh, decarbonization. Decarbonization is a word that you hear in city council, you hear across the country that's just kind of, it's politics. It's let's get rid of fossil fuels. and Which is happening anyways. For like, sure. Right. And, but it's a gradual process. And a lot of it is market driven. Yeah. And, and it's, it's happening everywhere. But yes. the idea of just stopping natural gas. A when, complete halt. Right. You need to have a gradual program in place. Right. Because yes. the reality, the, the realities of you know, power generation and the way people heat their homes in the winter is that people use natural gas. And if you just stop taking care of that system, they're, they're going, all these homes will still continue to use it. The infrastructure will just get worse, more hazardous. And, uh, I mean, Texas put all of its eggs into one energy basket back in 2021. Oh yeah. And, uh, the system wasn't properly maintained. Oh yeah. And when it got cold, I mean, there were hundreds of people who oh, died yeah. in Texas when yeah. it got cold because their their grid just completely shut down. People froze in their homes in Texas. So basically, yeah. this is a, this is another situation of how many people must die before they change their mind. How do we, the three of us, get on the Commerce Commission? Should we just appoint ourselves? Because yeah, we, we I think take, that's all we need to do. Yeah. It'll be, yeah. it'll be right, like, how about this? We'll take <laughs> a alternate vote. electors. Uh, all those in favor? Aye, aye. Uh, the ayes have it. Okay, there you go. All right, we got we we got to take a quick break. Um, we have a couple of guests coming in today from the American College of Education. Yeah, we're yeah. super stoked for that. Partner um, of the MCL. Yeah, a brand new partner. You're gonna you you got to listen to this. It, it is fascinating. Uh, we'll be right back with more of the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ken. Sitting to my right this time, switching it up, is Phil. And sitting to my left is Ed. Um, And we are, uh, as we talked about at the top of the hour, we're super stoked to have uh, two representatives from the American College of Education. Welcome, guys. Uh, Tony Miller, say hello. Hello. Thank you. Monica Carson, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Hello, everyone. Monica Carson. So what are you guys... uh, 
What's your titles? Let's start with that. Well, I'm Vice President of Field Operations and Partnerships here at American College Education and been here 10 years. Wow. And you? And I am the Chief Growth Officer at American College of Education, and I've also been with ACE for 10 years and in higher ed for almost 25. Wow. And talk about growth. You guys have actually grown pretty well, no? Yes, we have. What's your total uh, student body at the moment? Right over 10,000 students. We wow. just broke that barrier this year. It's a big milestone for the organization. Well, congratulations. We're really happy about what we're doing at the college. That's so, great, so, yeah. to, so to back up, um, one of the things that the MCL uh, is about to launch is a partnership with American College of Education. Um, and for those of you that don't know, we had free college. Mm-hmm. Um, ran into some problems there. We ran into some problems with the Department of Education who claimed that it was illegal which is just absolutely mind-boggling to me because they ran on, you know, free college and right. student loan forgiveness. Accessible education. And, yeah, and, uh, you know, free community college. But for some reason, we had all of this. And like, oh, your program? No, yours is illegal. Yeah. <laughs> because, God forbid, the middle class should actually get anything. You can't go to school for free. Yeah. yeah. No. And you should, I, I won't even go into the reasoning, yeah, but it was, it was abysmal. Um, so we had to pivot a little bit and... You know, we looked around. Uh, we kept our um, associate's degree uh, program with Eastern Gateway Community College, and they're actually uh, based out of Ohio. And then we started looking for a bachelor's partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when we came upon American College of Education. Um, so why don't we just start with this? Tell us a little bit about the background of ACE. Because, by the way, ACE is a cool name. ACE, where'd you go to college? ACE. ACE is the place. <laughs> ACE one. in the hole. It is, but it's, it's education, not hardware. Right, right. I, uh, love, it. I love it all. Yes. <laughs> ACE Ventura. So, God. Where 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 are we start? Let's let's talk background. Yeah, let's uh, let's focus on. We were founded actually here in in Chicago, Illinois, huh? um, back in two thousand five. Yep. Uh, founded as a teachers' college to begin with, in partnership with Chicago Public Schools, um, and the whole mission of the institution was really built around three things: high quality, accessibility, and affordability. Um, high quality we can speak to because of our graduation rates, uh, well over eighty five percent. Accessibility, we're a fully online institution, so right. that means that learners are attending our college remotely. They can be anywhere, attend their classes at any time with some structure built in. Yeah. Um, but really, the core tenet was affordability, so that it could fit into someone's budget, and we've been able to withstand that almost 20 years. So I want to I go through uh, some of that, and I'm going to start in the middle. Um, when, when, we, when the MCL launched, one of the things that we just kind of tagged on uh, was this free college program. Uh, it was online, uh, as you guys discussed, and had some other partners. And I thought, to be blunt with you, that this was going to be a throwaway, like that nobody was going to use it, nobody would care. It wasn't really in the building trades wheelhouse. And I was so wrong. I misread that thing like nobody's business. And then all of a sudden, COVID happened. And now you have thousands and thousands of kids coming home, sitting in their basement, right, paying for an out-of-state, you know, $40,000 a year college to sit in their hometown online and people are like, what am I doing? Right. And we said, guess what? We have an alternative. And they used the hell out of it. And I realized I, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has been an amazingly uh, popular benefit. And so you want to talk about a value add, right? This is it. So we're, we're now talking to, to American College of Education, and they are the, so, so talk about the bachelor's part of it, because you guys are a bachelor's completion program. You do not go from start to finish, correct? Yeah, correct. That's correct. Yeah. We, we really came at it from the perspective of, of meeting learners where they are, because we know that 
a lot of individuals have credit, right? They've they've potentially gone to multiple colleges, sure. community colleges. They have experience, right, from the perspective of, of work and, and ultimately additional training. And so we really came at it from the lens of putting together a program that would help them complete their last 60 um, credits to be able to get to the finish line to complete their bachelor's degree. Right. Okay. And that makes sense. Um, Ed, you went to college, right? I did. Phil? I did. You guys come out with that? A little bit. Not the way it is today. Yeah. I mean, I'm showing my age, but it, uh, I had some, but I, I, I feel terrible seeing some of the totals that these kids today have. Oof. Yeah, we got lucky. Yeah, yes. I, I, I think that's right. But um, I still carried plenty of debt. Certainly a lot more than I would pay if I went to I carried I carried law school debt, not undergrad, yeah. because I went to City College, which was you know dirt cheap um, in, in New York. But you know, talk about now um, the, the value add of your school. It's And we get a 10% discount, right? You guys have been gracious enough to partner with the MCL and give every single MCL family a 10% discount off of tuition that is already basically, in my humble opinion, dirt cheap. It's $200 plus a credit, yeah. right? Yeah, we call it affordable. <laughs> you don't call it dirt cheap? <laughs> no, affordable. <laughs> That'd be good market hey, value. Yeah. Go to dirt cheap college. What I'm looking for is some dirt cheap education. <laughs> Affordable. Affordable that's a much, is much, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's so. We were just crunching numbers earlier, right? You could finish your bachelor's degree for twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, nine to twelve thousand um, dollars, depending upon how many credits you bring into the degree program. Yeah, um, every learner gets a, an evaluation of their prior coursework, and then ultimately, we're really trying to help the learner maximize their learning to ensure that we're giving credit for everything that they've possibly done. And so, you had mentioned. Um, this uh, uh, graduation uh, percentage, right? Yeah. And that was what, 87%? Over over 85%, yeah. And so wow. how, how does that compare? Because I, I don't have a frame of reference, to be blunt with you. Yeah, so it's going to depend on what type of institution you're looking at. But um, if you're looking at the community college level and or even at the bachelor's level, it can range anywhere from 45 to 55%. Really? Um, yeah. yeah. That many people like start and drop out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's I, some schools in Illinois that are well below 50%. I'm not going to name them, but yeah. A few years ago, I did some research on this, and the Department of Education has a number, and I forget the term for it, but it's basically, of all the people who start a four-year degree program, how many have completed that four-year degree within seven years? And uh, at that point, the number was 60%. So 40% of people who start that four-year degree don't get it. But to your point, I think they're probably carrying along uh, partial credit for that. So at least there's a place where they can pick that up again because yeah. it's a huge portion of the population. I didn't realize it was that much. Yeah. What, and talk about a moneymaker for a college, right? Honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah, come on in for a year or two and then yeah. leave. We'll right. see you later. Yeah, and then take on that debt with you for something that you didn't really get the you know your full value. Mm-hmm. So you guys come in and then, you know, or could or would or do, um, and say, hey, you want to finish your bachelor's degree, here's a place to do it. Exactly. And I've always said to anybody that will listen, like what's the downside literally like what is the downside to getting education in, in general right there is none correct and, and even in the building trades right phil and ed we tell our guys constantly like hey not doing anything this week go down to the training site and learn a new skill yeah. upgrade your continuing education right constantly so what, what, what are some of the degrees they can receive like what are some of the coursework areas or um you know different uh 
majors they could pursue yeah so i think for this this um, population i i think the most popular program would actually be our bachelor's degree in applied management and leadership mm-hmm. um as you're thinking about the progression of a trades tradesman mm-hmm. yeah. um trades person trades person i guess <laughs> sure. maybe I, I maybe i miss misspoke there um but our bachelor's in applied management and leadership um we just launched a bachelor's degree in professional studies which is really designed for that learner that maybe has bounced around from college to college and they've got 60 70 80 credits and they just want to get the degree um that's designed as a more i guess i want to catch all um like a liberal arts yeah kind of yeah general education yeah yeah, you got it um and then we also have a bachelor's degree in education studies so that would that's designed for folks that are wanting to get into the teaching profession Mm -hmm. and then a bachelor's degree in healthcare administration so we've really tried to be very broad in our approach but also um, really thinking about where learners could be at that point in time and, and trying to maximize their learning and help them and, complete and the degree. And not, not spread yourself too thin. You got it. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. So what are, what are the, some of the most, like what's the most popular degree that you guys offer? Like what do most people take? So for the college itself, the most popular degree program would be our master's in educational leadership. Okay. Um, if you're looking at just the undergraduate degree, uh, our applied management is is a really strong one. And, then, and just behind that, we've seen an accelerated growth in our bachelor's degree in education studies um and i think that's just because of the demand of more educators needing to come into the field well yeah yeah, i mean if they they would get paid right well and it's and they should i mean for for teachers i believe that their contracts are based on those steps so the more degrees you earn the higher salary goes up so this is a really affordable way to make more money yeah and is that why cps partnered with you guys and that was part of it they also had at that point in time when we were founded they had a high need for more individuals stepping into leadership roles um, and so it was a natural fit then, you know, for us to design a program that really helped foster that growth within leadership within the system. So let me just ask you a, a just purely logistical question. When you're taking a class online, does that mean that, you know, you need to be online at, you know, 3.30 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon? Or can you just click and take this class? Oh, that's actually a, a fantastic question because it's one Thank we you. get. Thank we, you. It's one we get all the time. Nice um, job, Ken. Yeah, okay. Thanks. You know, thanks everybody. I think you know you ha- like Monica had mentioned. You got to go where learners are. Yeah. Uh, and make yourself accessible, and that the way you ha- you do that is through an asynchronous environment. Um, so what does know, that mean? Uh, um, come, basically, you can get into class whenever you need to get into class. Uh, there's not like a time uh, that you have to be for a lecture or anything like that. What's it all- called? Asynchronous. I'm definitely going to use that I'm word write today. That one down for oh, you. I'm going to toss that. You were one doing out so well. You just asked a good question, and then you just fumble the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Asynchronous. Everybody knows what that means. Yeah. So you can basically get on and, and take the class when you want to take it. Correct. And, and I think uh, you know that's one of the benefits of ACE is uh, you know there are cer- certain colleges that you need to be there for a, a lecture on Tuesday night right. and, and, and come in, but. It, you know, we have busy adults that are taking our courses. Sure. Uh, you know, a lot of single parents. Or, te- or teachers. Teachers. Right? And now now soon to be tradesmen. You got it. Soon to Sorry. be tradesmen. Tradespeople. 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 <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> Darn it. Um, how much time do we have left? All right. So here, we need to wrap this piece of the segment up. Uh, if you just join us, uh, we're, we're talking to Tony Miller, uh, Monica Carson, from American College of Education. We at the MCL are partnering with them. Uh, we're about to launch this partnership. We're really, really excited. Uh, can you guys stick around for one more segment? We'd, be, we'd love to. Okay, awesome. Well, we'll be right back with more of the Workers Mike right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers Mike, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mic, right here on 720 WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. I'm Ken with Phil, Ed, and uh, sticking around are two wonderful guests from the American College of Education, Tony and Monica. I'm now just being familiar with you guys. Um, we're all friends now. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, you guys were humble. Uh, because what you didn't mention, which you're the antithesis of myself, because if I had this, <laughs> if I had this pedigree, I'd be blessed. I'd, I'd have a T-shirt. I was going to say it. you'd have it yeah. printed on a T-shirt. Yeah, of course. Tattooed on your yeah. forehead. You are the number two online college in America. Yes, we are. According to Newsweek, Newsweek. right? And now you've applied to, what's the other one? Uh, world News and U.S. World oh, World, U.S. and World News and Reports yeah. is also one that's a, a very credible uh, academic ranking. And when does that come out? Uh, we're just putting in all of our paperwork right now. Okay. But I mean, I think, you know, Newsweek is obviously pretty credible. Yeah, those are like oh, yeah. the two go-to sources when you're looking at right. college rankings. Yeah. Yeah. Number two in the whole country. How many colleges are there? How many online colleges oh, are there? gosh. Thousands. Yeah. Thousands. Right. Thousands. And you guys are number two. Yes. What do we have to do to get you to number one? Who's this number one? This Maryland something or other? University of Maryland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Pretty good company. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever. I don't Yeah. We know some people. Yeah. We'll take care of that. <laughs> Mighty Terrapins. <laughs> Do you guys have a mascot? Like for, uh, I guess there's no... A, pe- a pencil? Okay. <laughs> no, well, we've got torch, the torch. Oh, yes, we're torch. Torch. So our, our logo is a flame. A flame. Okay. That's um, right. And so we've kind of just, uh, we've given the flame a nickname. It's Torchy. I'll take a flame over a turtle in a battle. All day, okay. every day. That's How cool is a flame, right? Flame, you know, like gladiator, whatever, a versus a turtle. Which is the terrapins. That's, you know, and maybe like when we, mar- so when, when we launch, we get the flame with the hard hat. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> But to all our University of Maryland grads, we we love you also. Just let you, we want to be clear <laughs> all, about that. All, all one of them. Yes. So you guys are the number two online college, and that's really really cool. Um, so I want to talk now uh, about what we've been talking about, sort of uh, in the background here, uh, as we get ready to launch, and, and we're we're going to launch just regular. Voila! Here's online college. Sign up, and you know you you pay your discounted rate, and and away you go. Um, but one of the things that intrigued me about your college and, and you guys um, in particular was, and it wasn't vice versa, it was Tony asked me and said, hey, you guys are in the building trades. Tell me about that, right? And so we had a lot of lengthy discussions about the building trades and, and what we do for a living. And he said, so you guys take classes? Like, yeah, we take a, a lot of classes, like a lot of, you know, pretty high-level education, right? Mm-hmm. Like we just had uh, the Laborers Apprentice guys here, right? And I forget what the amount of hours were, but they, they take a decent amount of, of, of classes, meaning in class, not just on the job. And Tony said, we might be able to work something out where you guys can get credit for that. Mm-hmm. And so talk about that. Yeah, I mean, if you if you do a little, you know, looking into ACE, uh, we're intentionally different uh, in a lot of things we do. But, uh, you know, one of the things recently, I was saying since COVID, yeah. uh, we looked at the markets completely different. And, and like, what, what are colleges not doing uh, that should be doing? Uh, and uh, one of it was, you know, really digging deep into credit for prior learning. And not, not that that's a unique uh, stance and things that, colleges have been doing but i think they've neglected certain populations uh you know underserved populations so based on kind of our motto is we serve those who serve and you know we did that in t- with teachers uh expanded into nursing healthcare professionals and then you know recently business as well is uh you know i know that population the the labor population has been served primarily by the community college system right um 
and that's kind of where that sat, and it didn't go any further than that. Yeah, so you get your associates, and that was that. You could get your associates. Uh, you know, maybe your your local labor outfit had a six credit hour pathway in, but it really you know it really didn't do anything on a na- nationwide scale. And when Ken and I were talking. You know, he he talked about the five families, and you know, everyone has their. Whoa, 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 whoa. hold on a second. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're talking about for the record. <laughs> Keep going. Well, the the various labor, uh, the la- various labor outfits, and uh, and what we looked at in, in with our uh, you know our academic department is to say I'm sure there's similarities with a lot of those different uh, outfits with leadership management uh, you know different uh, aspects that could be looked at in an academic uh, standpoint so right now we're collecting the curriculum from all of those different entities and seeing if we can see the similarities to where hey we have uh, a pathway maybe it's uh, six credit hours up to 12 credit hours where a student can come in that they've already done that work through their uh, internship programs or apprenticeship programs and all those things. So not only reducing the cost of tuition, but also speeding it along and in many cases making it a motivating factor to continue on past that associate's degree. I mean, what a wonderful idea, right? And so nobody else has approached us with this on on the scale that you guys have. And exactly what you just described is, is accurate. You know, as I've gone around in the Midwest, you know, Carpenters, I'm sure you guys have a couple of uh, uh, programs with community colleges, right? But you yes, have to live counties. in the area, right. you have to physically go to the college, right. and, you know, that's that's your only path. And then, like you said, you get an associate's degree, well, there's nothing wrong with getting that, that's great. But if, you know, you can already get that, or like you said, people already have college credits. Well, Ed, what was the, didn't we have a statistic as to how many of our apprentices had college degrees? You know, I don't know. Or had uh, some college it was I don't, know if there's a, I don't know if there's a firm statistic, but I know that in years past, for example, the electricians have said that far more than half of their applicants uh, have college degrees. And I know at Local 150, one year, uh, we had somewhere in the neighborhood of, um, I think, high 30s, almost 40%. And that's, I mean, that's an enormous number of people who've gone through four years of college, taken on all this debt, and couldn't find the job. Right. Yeah. And now you, I mean, back out the actual people that have degrees, mm-hmm. I guarantee the number of people that... You know, like credit. you said, have some credit, went to some college, it's got to be enormous, yeah. right? Um, it makes a lot of sense for, for the billing trades as well because you hear so often now that a lot of the big general contractors are hiring superintendents that have college degrees. They're kind of looking past the guys from the field, which is mm-hmm. short-sighted. But if you're someone who's looking to pursue you know, becoming a superintendent and you want to get the degree, this is a great path to it that you can do you know, for affordably, and that would make yourself more marketable. You know, to the general contractors out there. Um, I think that's right. And that'd be great if they come from the union as well, because that's what we want to see mm-hmm. running those jobs. But, you know, in terms of a, a value add, I mean, here's a college that approached us and said, I mean, this was not my idea. This was actually American College of Education's idea. They said, you know, you guys have this. We think we can help. And, you know, I just did the numbers in my head real quick like you just did. It's like, well, you can shave, you know, 25% off of getting a bachelor's degree. Now you're really talking about something that's ultimately affordable. And, you know, as we've always said, there's a zero, zero downside to getting any kind of education, whether it be college, whether it be more construction training, more building trades training, more on-the-job training, more police training, right? I mean, in in the teacher world, you need to get certain degrees to hit certain pay levels, right? Yep. Phil, am I right about Correct. that? Yeah. Um, and I think same thing with uh, the police land. I think you have to take some tests and whatnot. But I think if, if you have a certain degrees, you're eligible to move up. In the building trades, we don't have that, mm-hmm. right? But exactly what you just said, Phil, 
hey, I want to be a superintendent or I want to get, you know, maybe we talk to Ace about a construction management program or mm-hmm. something like that. You know, these, these, are, these are partnerships that are meaningful and, and, and we really appreciate, you know, what, what you guys are doing. Um, is there anything else that you want to say? Like, how does somebody get in touch with, with you? Like, if they want to, you know, explore your program, our program, how do they get in touch with American College of Education? I mean, the, the best way and the easiest way is to go to uh, ace.edu. Ace.edu. Not a tough uh, web address. That's to pretty easy to remember. I should have got that a long time ago. Ace.edu. We have a, a very comprehensive website uh, that's easy to navigate and to, to look through. But uh, we also, you know, for MCL members, we have a, you know their own special landing page. Uh, Woo! So uh, with uh, talking about that benefit, but you know, you know, one thing that you you mentioned is affordability. You know, and I think that's so important here, but. You know, especially with the population that MCL serves, is uh, achievability. And you know, you know, when you're looking at something and you're like, "Hey, these are courses that I don't have to take," that might be the difference of someone actually getting back into school. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah. just getting one class under their belt. Yep. And I think you know, a lot of the adult learners, when they think of school, they're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to be in here for a whole 16 weeks." Our classes are only five weeks long. Really? So you're in class five weeks long. You got a you know week break and then you start again, so you're able to get a cadence, uh, and anyone can endure almost anything for five weeks. That's true, you know, and uh, you know, so you're, you're able to kind of step through there, and it, before you know it, you're done, you know, and that's the the feedback that we get, you know, from our population is like, wow, it went by so incredibly quick. You know, that's a, it's a good point too, not only for the folks that are in the trades, but their kids, right? Right? You know, I can't, I can't tell you how many people I talk to that's you know. I have a kid. He's unmotivated. He doesn't know what he wants to do. He's just kind of floundering around through life, working odd jobs here and there. And would you talk to him about the trades? And I do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll talk to the kid directly, and he'll tell me, I have no interest in going into construction. <laughs> like, I, I get it, brother. I understand. <laughs> but while you're sitting there in your basement or working a part-time job, what's the downside to taking these classes, right, to get an education? There no is, there's there's yeah. none. And you walk out with that. What you said, you're 87%? Over 80, uh, 85% graduation rate. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and how many of those people walk out with debt? Uh, only 87. So 87% of our, our learners come out with no debt. Imagine uh, that. Yeah. 87% come out with no debt. Yeah. Having a college degree with no debt is a, a rare thing, I think, these days. Yes. I mean, so, so look, you, you know, you, you can literally get the best of both worlds with this partnership, mm-hmm. right? You can be in the building trades. You can have uh, a... F- family you can get earn while you learn and not only you can do that you might be able to get credit for colleges through our apprentice programs and then you can finish college with literally probably having no debt whatsoever so you're earning you're making a good middle class living benefits and oh voila you now have a bachelor's and that's pretty cool so we really appreciate the partnership uh it will probably launch officially we have a soft launch right now where you can go uh, to coalitionoflabor.org or ace.edu um, and, and look at it, click on it. You can start right now if you feel like it. Is it a semester type program? No, it's rolling admissions. Rolling, it's just rolling. So we have 11 different entry points throughout the year that learners can come in. And the teachers are adjuncts. They are, primarily. How do I become a teacher, Ed? Um, find something that you're really uh, good at Ooh. and could add value to the community by sharing it. You know a lot about 80s metal and like guitar, New York guitar playing. <laughs> I do know a lot about 80s metal. Mm-hmm. I'm not a good guitar player. Are there any yeah. credits at Ace for that? 
Uh, not currently. Not, not yet. Yet. Not yet. Exactly. Ace, well, there we go. Ace, sounds 80, like sounds Ace, like what you need metal. is something we can work towards. <laughs> yeah, you need a teacher. Ace Freely. Teacher. Ace Freely. <laughs> well, well, there you go, Mister mm-hmm. Eighties. <laughs> All right, listen. Um, we've been talking to uh, Tony Miller and Monica Carson from the American College of Education. Um, Really interesting and uh, really happy to have you guys here and have a partnership coming up with you guys. We're, we're stoked about it. Uh, love to have you back when you're in town or we can do an update in a few months and see how it's going and how many people enrolled. Um, but with that, uh, we, we got to go. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us. Uh, and we'll be right back uh, with more of the Workers Mike right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers Mike, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers Mike right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ken. It's Phil. It's Ed. And that was pretty cool talking to those folks from the American College of Education. Good people. Right? Good program. There's a lot of opportunity there. And I think we're literally just getting started. We're just scratching the surface on this thing. But to be able to scale this on that level is is pretty cool. I think they're going to be an enormous value add for the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Um, And they also seem like good people. They had a good sense of humor. Yeah. Where, Where are they based? Um, on the internet. On the internet. But <laughs> on the World Wide Web. Where is the internet located? Yeah, I have no idea. That's a good question. They're based yeah. everywhere. I think actually they're based in America. Okay. Got the it. American College. Yeah. North so. America or South America? Um, Canada. That's in America. I'm kidding. That's a misnomer. No, it's right here in America. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where they're based out of. But um, flipping uh, gears for a second, let's talk real quick. Uh, UAW. Uh, it has officially been approved in all three of the big all three, right? Yes. Um, some some by a higher margin than others. Yeah, I think the General Motors vote was fairly close. Yeah. It was like fifty something to. And I don't. Something. I don't profess to know why. Obviously, we don't work there. It's easy for us to. It was play retirees. Is the, that what it the was? Retirees said they wanted more in their health care. Yep. When they retired, yeah. Yeah, but from what I've read, uh, it certainly seemed like a fantastic deal, and. Not only is it good for the workers of the UAW and the big three, but who else is it good for? Every auto worker in America. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Right. So I mean, they're all trying what, to play catch up now, the non union. Well, they yeah. immediately gave raises. Yeah. Right. Um, and what did uh, Sean Fain call it? He called it the UAW bump. And, and, and what does UAW stand for? You are welcome. That's right. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> the uh, Toyota told it. I think we reported on this a little bit last week, but Toyota reportedly told its workers it'll raise their wages by 9% this wow. January. Yeah. Honda and Hyundai will lift them 11 and 14% next year. And then Hyundai said it uh, plans to increase its wages 25% by 2028. So if you wonder how does a union help people that are not in the union that's how there you go you just you just watched it right the rising tide lifting all boats that's right wouldn't happen without it and you know what they say it's like there's this adage you know when the boss gives you a pizza party so you don't join the union eat the pizza and join the union yeah (laughs) so so, hey 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 uh southern auto workers you know take the wages and join the union have your cake and eat it that's exactly right because those are the ones that are going to be out there fighting for you and don't think for a minute that the minute uh, things turn south or things go bad that they won't take those wages away from you yeah. or cut benefits or cut hours or you know ship jobs overseas etc cetera, etc cetera, um, or to Mexico so you know for the millions of auto workers in the south that are listening to the workers mic and mm-hmm. there I think there are millions yeah join right? yeah join the UAW this, this is the the win in the sales that I think the UAW needs to go after the non-union companies well, they've proven there. themselves yeah. right yeah I was like hey 
all those raises you got, that was because of us. Now you want to join. Yeah, I mean, it's like, look, there seems to be, you know, I was reading this, um, I forget what the numbers were. I, I have them someplace. But in 2021, there were 100,000 people went on strike. In 2022, uh, there were 200,000. Mm-hmm. This year, so far, there have been 435,000 people yeah. that went on strike. Yeah, we and, broke the record in April. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And guess what? It's working. Right. Right? It's legitimately working. Is it working in Starbucks? No, it's not. Because when you have 300 out of 9,000 stores organized, you're not gonna, a strike is not going to be that effective. I still feel for them. There's a path. I think they, they have a path, maybe think, rethinking tactics or something. I mean, the UAW drew a completely new roadmap for, for taking on a strike. When, yeah. the, when the automakers didn't want to come to the table, they escalated. And I think if you're, if you're a Starbucks worker or a Starbucks union, that looks like um, warehouses. That looks like coffee roasting facilities. Right. Like if, if, if the warehouses that store the coffee, if those workers are the ones who roast the beans, if they go on strike, that affects a lot more stores. Than, yeah. It's know. like what we do in construction, mm-hmm. right? We organize everything that's tangential to the job site. So the concrete, the materials, the trucks that bring the stuff to the job site, right? They're all organized. Why? Because that's how you shut down a job. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's, it's called economic power. Right. So I, th- I think and it leads right. to raising wages. I mean, yeah. the, the ultimate end product of this economic power is, is putting money in local workers' pockets. And for the you know back to the UAW for a second, you know you want to talk about an opportunity. If the Hondas and the non-union plants that are in the South decide to join the UAW, imagine the strength that the UAW yeah. will have, right? Controlling the entire auto industry. Yeah. And it's not like, they, oh, you know, we're going to ship those jobs then to Mexico. You can ship a few, but you can't ship the entire industry. Yeah. And, you, and you'll you lose the at, incentives from the government. Right? And that's a good point. And yeah. if you, you know, buy a German car, well, they're all made union over there anyway, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think Tesla's learning a little lesson in Sweden right now, aren't they? In, yeah, Tesla is in a spot where dock workers in Sweden will no longer unload Teslas from ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, the maintenance workers won't like maintain the cars. It's uh, the showroom janitors yeah. won't clean the showrooms. I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. I'm not sure what Elon Musk did. Uh, to Tesla or to Sweden, I should say, yeah, uh, to upset them. But whatever it I was. I think he said that he's not going to talk to their union. He's not going to recognize their union. And they have a different model there, right? They have sectoral bargaining. Yeah. And I think that, you know, he basically said, you know, whatever, go pound sand, if you will. And they said, okay, great. Your, your life is going to be really tough here. And, you know, you're not going to sell another Tesla here until you do the right thing by us. And they're taking that position as it as an industry right and you're seeing like exactly what you just said Ed. dock workers janitors mechanics right all these people come together for one common cause and that is to make elon musk and tesla negotiate yep. yeah and this guy is too busy um coming up with a plan to build 100 miles of solar in the sky yeah and have some sort of weird like nuclear reactor that <laughs> i swear to god i read this that like will take the sun's energy and power the united states what could go wrong <laughs> Nothing. It sounds like a science fiction movie. He's yeah, too busy watching his, his X stock plummet <laughs> by <laughs> yeah. half. Yeah, it's the original value that he paid for it. So anyway, it, w- good business model. Yeah, um, we got a uh, we got Thanksgiving coming up. Yep. Right. Uh, I hope everybody has a, a really great and safe Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, happy Thanksgiving, to all the listeners. Yeah, uh, we'll be back next week. Week we'll be back. Uh, back we'll, next week, everybody. <laughs> we'll be back next week, everyone. <laughs> right here on the Workers' Mike Seven Twenty WGN. The preceding episode of the Workers' Mike was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. 
For additional information and podcasts of The Worker's Mic, visit WGNRadio.com.